Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Frank Connolly. He's the senior editor at MindEdge, and he's a former political pollster. Frank, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be here, Kevin. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You, you kind of have an interesting perspective on a bunch of things, but maybe before we kind of get into what you're doing now, maybe let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I'm uh, I'm a native of, of New York City. I grew up in the uh, in the borough of Queens, New York's largest and, and uh, some would say dullest borough. Sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, I... Um, uh, but since uh, the mid '70s, I've been up uh, up up in Massachusetts. I came up here uh, for college and stayed. Uh, I spent about uh, ten years after after college as a journalist, sure, uh, so, writing uh, writing in, in the alternative media, uh, but places like places like the Boston Phoenix and sure. and a lot of uh, freelance magazine work. Uh, and then I sort of fell into politics. I spent the next. 25 years or so as a political consultant and pollster, uh, working uh, for a firm in Boston. Uh, we happen to be on the Democratic side of the fence, but um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not here to talk politics now. So sure. that's, that's simply, uh, that's just part of part of part of my background, and and it does inform sort of the work uh, that uh, some of the work that uh, I've done here at MindEdge, which is. Uh, been uh, working with uh, public uh, a, a couple of different public opinion surveys, and, and one of which is the, I think, the focus of, of what we're probably going to talk about in a little bit. But so I, you know, I have a background in um, uh, in, in journalism and uh, and politics. But uh, what I'm doing now is um, uh, is working as a senior editor at MindEdge, we're a uh, an online learning company based outside of Boston. We develop uh, courses for uh, both for um, academic credit and for professional development, uh, and uh, we like to think we're we're uh, pretty much on the cutting edge in terms of technology, uh, and uh, and our courses are, are highly interactive, uh, and that uh, uh, and we see that as uh, as a lot of folks in the ed tech business do. We see that as um, uh, uh, really as as the future. I mean, the 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 old days of sitting down and you know, reading a textbook or or just staring at a screen and just reading uh, words as though you were reading a textbook are uh, are, are thankfully passing by, and and uh, we're we seem to be entering a a more um, interactive and dynamic phase in uh, uh, in in providing uh, uh, online courses. Yeah, no, I I think that's that's actually really really quite interesting, and I actually kind of think, and maybe it's probably controversial to say, like. I don't know how much longer kind of traditional education will be around, not in the sense that I think it's bad. It's just in in some cases, some people can't get a job once they go through kind of a big degree or kind of PhD or, or whatever, right? And I think, and with the cost, it's it, it almost might be just not affordable for some people and, and or, or it might not even be needed at some point. And, and so I'm always kind of curious to see companies like you guys that are kind of pushing that up the envelope a little bit with that, right? And, and kind of 
saying maybe we're not replacing you, but we're, we're you're kind of providing an alternative. Or once you've gone through post-secondary education, you can you still need to kind of learn and keep up with things if you want to kind of advance your career. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly the role of professional development. I mean, where 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 we are is where we are. We we like to see ourselves as sort of facilitating the process of education. We're not okay. trying to you know replace. And we're not gonna, trying to replace uh, conventional universities. We're trying to uh, or, or 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 schools, but we are trying to give them new tools okay. uh, that will do a couple things. First, to engage students more. Uh, because that's that's really the name of the game is is keeping students involved and interested, uh, and and also certainly to the extent that universities are uh, able to uh, uh, make a, a higher proportion of their classes to be online, um, that has positive cost implications. Um, right. I, I think that the more the more the more the more you have online courses, um, the the greater the benefit in terms of in terms of trying to rein in educational costs, which I agree with you completely, have been, you know, they they have been increasing far faster than um, than the than the pace of inflation. I mean, I remember when I was, uh, uh, and I'm dating myself here, I, <laughs> but when I was in when I, when I was in college in in, in the mid late 70s, and it was a, a huge deal when when the tuition room and board hit seven thousand dollars a year, sure, uh, and now. You know, you, routine, you routinely see, um, uh, at least among the quote-unquote more selective or, or elite colleges, you routinely see fifty, fifty-five thousand dollars a year, uh, which you know is really pricing a lot of families uh, out of the market. So, um, to the extent that it is possible to integrate uh, uh, elements of, of an online learning program into uh, in, into Existing educational structures that should be able to help. We we, we think uh, um, uh, not only provide a quality educational experience, but also to to help uh, restrain some of those costs. Sure. No, I think that's great. So, how exactly does the platform kind of work, and how do you guys kind of work with kind of universities and kind of higher education? Well, um, we what what we do is we we work with um, in a very collaborative arrangement with uh, with our, our our various partners. We've got uh, we work with a number of uh, a number of uh, colleges and universities in the United States. We, I don't think we we have any involvement up in Canada yet, Kevin. But, no, but that's we, all good. we'd certainly be open to it. <laughs> sure, it's coming. And right. uh, um, you know we have a, a number of uh, courses in a wide range of areas that we have developed over the years, and um, it, it, sometimes a, a, a college or a university, uh, or and as I said, we we do a lot of professional development work too for professional associations and the like. Um, sometimes they will ask us to develop a, a brand new course. Sometimes they will ask us to adapt uh, an existing course to uh, either add to it or to. Um, uh, uh, expand it to include different different subject areas, uh, and the the basis of our of our courses is um, uh, uh, to be as interactive as possible. Okay. Uh, we have uh, we have a lot of, we have we have a lot of uh, uh, videos and things like that, but we also have um, uh, simulations, uh, 
uh, games, uh, uh, puzzles, uh, anything uh, to um, basically to keep people interested. Uh, because um, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I can remember <laughs> a lot of times in college with you know a stack of books to read and 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 not really being terribly interested in and in, in wanting to do that. Sure. Um, the more the more interesting and engaging and interactive we can make our courses, I think. Um, the more likely students are going to want to uh, delve into the work and um, uh, you know and finish finish the coursework. Uh, and uh, you know this isn't a substitute for um, for for the educational substance. It's just a, it, it is a way to to try and engage people to to delve into that substance and to and to really pay attention to it. Sure. And well, I also think too that different people learn in different ways, right? And and sometimes Absolutely. just how you go through and learn certain things, like a traditional classroom may or may not be the way to do it. Sometimes like you want to go all online or, or some people aren't motivated enough yep. to kind of sit online and, and go through, you know, um, courses online, they, they kind of need a bit of both. So it, it's a little bit all yep. over the map. And so I'm curious to know how, like you kind of covered it roughly, but like how do you guys mm-hmm. kind of make sure that people actually, you know, get through the, the courses and, and stuff like that? I, I know you guys kind of do a bunch of different things with kind of, um, you know, surveys and results and, and kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a bunch of ways that you guys kind of do it with data science and whatnot. So do you maybe want to kind of give an overview of how you guys actually kind of keep people engaged and, and prove that you're keeping people engaged? Well, yeah, and, that, and that's two different questions. Um, and, sure. and and I will preface this. Uh, I will preface this by saying that um, uh, I'm a word guy, not a okay. tech guy. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, 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 we've got, we've got a, a team of, 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 uh, you know, tech geniuses who have, you know, enormous heads and eat nothing but fish. They're so bright, you know, but, uh, and, and they're the ones, they're the ones in charge of, of, of um, you know, the highly technical stuff that, sure. um, I, I, I usually just say it's magic, you know, but, um, but we, we certainly do have, um, uh, there, there are uh, each each of our courses uh, has a dashboard okay. um, uh, through which um, teachers and administrators can view um, who has completed which assignments. Okay. Uh, each course consists of a, of a series of discrete web pages. Each one constitutes an assignment, okay. and um, it, the dashboard keeps track of. Uh, each individual learner, which uh, which pages he or she has visited, and it and in some in some in a lot of instances, there is an activity that needs to be completed okay. uh, on that page or, or that assignment. Uh, and un, un, until that uh, activity or assignment is completed, um, the the dashboard does not show that the uh, that the learner has has completed that that page, and therefore um, you you can't you can't finish the course and get credit for the course until you've completed all the pages gotcha. uh, or all the assignments. So, uh, so there is a, 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 um, a, a control mechanism there administered through the dashboard uh, that keeps very close track of um, which, which learners have uh, completed which assignments. Um, 
in terms of um, you know encouraging people to uh, you know to complete the work other other than uh, you know the the, the the larger structure out there, which is if you don't you know, if you don't complete the work, you don't get credit for the course. Sure. Uh, but in terms of it, you know encouraging them, we um, we try and um, make the courses as um, as engaging uh, as possible, and that includes uh, both you know graphic graphical layout, uh, making uh, making the pages not just aesthetically attractive, but also uh, not too not too copy heavy, because sure. uh, there's not you know there's nothing more intimidating than looking at a page and there's this big block of words. Um, and there are things that you can do to make uh, to make that more palatable in terms of uh, linking out to um, uh, to shorter readings, um, uh, using a lot of video, using a lot of of, uh, of interactive devices. Um, to keep people interested, so there, you know, it's really it's really a mix of things. Some some of it is, um, you know, extremely high tech that I I I couldn't explain to you at gunpoint. You know? Sure, sure, I got <laughs> uh, you. Like I said, we'd have we'd have we'd have to go to some of those giant brain guys and gals in our office who, who could. Uh, and and other uh, other other stuff is is fairly basic. You know, I mean, it, it's it, um, it, it's um, you know, attractive design. Um, engaging content, a um, uh, lot of videos to keep people uh, clicking through, a lot of infographics to summarize uh, a lot of heavy copy into a into uh, into a graphical form and organizing it in a way that it's it's more easily uh, accessible to learners. So sure. uh, you know, there's a there are there are a lot of different um, a lot of different techniques to uh, to try and draw people in and and and, and and keep them involved and engaged, and then, as I said, there is there is the dashboard and, and the technical means of, of of tracking exactly how people have, um, uh, how far they have gone into the course. Sure, no, that that makes a lot of sense, and I, I think it's interesting too because obviously, like teachers have a different uh, a certain way of teaching, and it's not good or bad. It's just it works for kind of certain people. And I remember I was never really good at like math, for example, and like there was always like I needed to learn some sort of like not like little kind of trick to figure out certain types of like math problems and i think just being able to kind of come at it different ways with you kind of have diagrams or videos or or stuff like that right and just being able to kind of pick the method that works best for the learner I i think is super powerful because i think certain people fail stuff that they might be able to get it if it was just told to them in a different way right and i love how you guys kind of add the ability to kind of have that kind of like almost like a tutor or like a side kind of way of helping people through some of this stuff. That's, that's right. And, and uh, to get back to what you were mentioning before too, about different styles of learning. I mean, there are, you know, the traditional, you know, there are visual, uh, traditionally, um, uh, our, uh, our, our textbook learning was, was basically was primarily visual. Sure. Um, but there are, uh, there are some people who are not, Primarily visual learners, they're auditory learners, or they're tactile learners, or they're, you know, they 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 use different senses to, um, uh, to absorb information in a way that's most efficient for them. So, um, uh, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, as you know, there, there a lot of auditory learners would benefit from uh, your podcast, sure. uh, as opposed to as opposed to reading it in a book. Uh, and so we, you know, we try to 
incorporate as many different um, media uh, for presenting information as we can so that we try and uh, uh, engage all, all of the different types of all of the different types of learners. No, I think that's great, and I, I think the other thing that um, I've been was reading about on on your site that I thought was really interesting that I think people sometimes forget is you guys focus on accessibility as well, right? And there's a lot of things that you can do absolutely kind of in in the browser or on a device that will help somebody with a disability, right? Oh, oh, absolutely, and that's and that's crucial. Uh, and you know, there are uh, you know there are certain legal requirements that any company in our business has to has to meet but sure. uh, we pride ourselves i think in going beyond what's what's legally required and what is uh, r- really best practices for helping uh people with any sort of a disability um uh, uh to keep our our courses accessible to them so there are uh, you know the, the you know the tech geniuses have come up with uh various accessibility scanners to you know to make sure that uh, all of the um, uh, all the screen readers are functioning. Um, we have we have um, uh, a, a tool to make sure that uh, different contrasting colors on the page are are uh, done in such a way that 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 they enhance rather than than decrease the legibility uh, of of the written word. And so there are all sorts of um, uh, you know important. Uh, uh, things that we that we do and we, that we do routinely in every course to make sure that um, uh, that accessibility is um, as not not simply as as great as it needs to be to comply with the law, but to to go beyond that and to make sure that our courses are are fully accessible for um, uh, for everyone with any any sort of a need in that area. Sure, and and then. Um... You guys kind of have a mobile app side of things. Do you? Is it pretty much the entire course on an app, or does it really depend? Um, I, you know, some of our older courses are not okay. um, uh, are not adapted to the, the mobile app yet. Uh, everything we're doing now, mm-hmm. uh, all of our newer courses, and we are in the process of um, you know converting the older courses to make sure that they can be. Um, you know, viewed uh, on a mobile device, gotcha. but yeah, I mean that's a that's that's where uh, that's where uh, edtech is going. I mean, sure. you, you've got you've got to be you've got to be mobile accessible, uh, and that you know that 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 entails you know doing different things with graphics and and coding things differently. Right. Um, but uh, but it absolutely has to be done because I I forget what percentage of of our of our of learners uh, you know. Are 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 using a you know a mobile device rather than a uh, rather than a desktop or a laptop, but it's a it's a, it's a considerable it's a considerable high percentage, and it's just it's going to be it's going to grow every month. So sure. So, uh, so no, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I was I'm, just going to say. So <laughs> from just from the higher education side of things, you work with institutions like I can't just come and say I want to take uh, a history class from you guys, or can I? Um, yes and no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, typically, uh, uh, typically, uh, the academic courses, uh, are, are, uh, you gain access to them through, um, a college or university. One of, we call them our learning partners. So, okay. um, it generally, those are administered through, through the schools. We have, uh, on the professional development side, the non-academic side, 
Um, we we offer courses both through you know professional associations, but also there are a certain number of courses that are standalones that you could um, that you could come to our website and just you know buy as an individual, and uh, a lot of those result in certificates that are you know credentials that um, you know folks will list on LinkedIn and all that sort of right. and, and that sort of thing. So so it's certainly. Um, uh, the professional development side, uh, there's a fair amount of, of individual course taking, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I couldn't give you percentages on the academic side, but it's my impression that the uh, the very, very large majority uh, of those courses, if not all of them, I just don't have the answer for you, sure. but the very large majority or perhaps all of them are, are, are administered through um, colleges and universities that we've partnered with. Got you. Okay. So on kind of the the more kind of commercial side of business side of things, how does one kind of, okay, so like I come to you guys and I say I have this idea, I want to train my staff on X topic. How do you guys mm-hmm. kind of work with me to, to make that happen? Well, um, there's a couple different ways. One, one would be if, um, if it is an area in which, uh, we already have existing courses, then we would talk to you. Uh, let's say, you know, we have courses in um, uh, IT security, um, okay. security awareness, for uh, which is a, a big area for, for where companies want to train their employees. We, we do a lot of work in um, project management um, and um, uh, nonprofit management and, and, and other areas too, but those are some, those are some professional development areas. And so, sure. Uh, if it's an if it's an area in which we already have an existing course or an existing suite of courses, we would uh, talk with you as the as the business owner. Which of these uh, are you interested in for your staff? Uh, and also, uh, how can we adapt them to suit your particular needs? Um, if it's a completely new area that we're that we're getting into or that you would like us to get into. Um, you know, then we need then we need to work. We will locate and and work with subject matter experts who will. I mean, they really they provide they provide the content. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in anything to be honest. <laughs> what I am is an editor. Sure. Uh, I, I'm an editor, I, I, uh, and and that's a big part of the function that we do here. Is we 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 know who we look for um, people who are expert in their fields. Um, get them to produce, um, uh, you know, very very high quality content, which and then we we aggregate it and we and we and we put it into an accessible form and an interactive form and all that. But uh, I remember when I first started doing this, my my sister in law, who's a, a teacher down in New York, she said, "Well, you know, how 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 can you be teaching a course? You know, you're not you know you don't have a PhD." I said, well, I'm not teaching that course, right? What I, all I'm doing is I'm editing the textbook. The textbook just happens to be made of electrons right. rather than ink and paper. You know, so that's an online course. Really, is is much more analogous to um, uh, to a textbook than than to anything else. Um, and and we are not. We are here at MindEdge. We are not the subject matter experts ourselves. We you know we go out to people who. Uh, have specialized uh, in in these particular areas and have devoted in many cases their lives their careers to them uh and and what we try to do is elicit their expertise and then and then get it uh, uh, uh into a form where it's accessible uh, through uh 
in in the online environment to as to as many learners as as possible. Sure. No, that that makes sense. And I, and I think I just kind of want to make sure that the listener kind of gets a clear understanding of kind of what you guys kind of provide and do. And that makes a lot of sense, right? And I think you got to have customers that if they come like as a biz- from a business and comes to you and said I want to teach mm-hmm. the rest of the staff about this certain thing that, you know, I know about, you guys would build that, yep. right? And if they and Yeah. If, yep. Okay. No, that makes sense. That's yep. that's really cool. Yep. So no, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. Again, um, I, I, I'm... So I'm, I'm curious then to know where do you guys kind of want to take the platform and where do you kind of see kind of online learning going in the future? Well, um, you know, and, and it, it, certainly in a technical uh, sense, I mean, uh, we've, we've touched on it already. I mean, sure. uh, um, mo- mobile... Yeah. Uh, mobile is the future, and that's. Um, uh, but um, it, you know, in in terms of in terms of substance, uh, you know, one of the areas that we have been very interested in uh, is um, is the is the idea of critical critical thinking and applying critical thinking skills uh, to online learning and and just the online experience. Okay. Um, uh, you know, there is. You know, one of the things about about the internet is there is like more than a billion sites worldwide. There's a, there is an unprecedented amount of information that sure. is available to people, and you and you as a developer know that better than I do. But but as as we all know, not all that information is is accurate or good information, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, as 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 Individuals and, and as a society, we, we are being um, almost pelted with, with so much information. Um, one of the most important skills for for the future is is the ability to to tell the good from the bad, to sort of be able to, to navigate your way, not in a technical sense, but in a, in an intellectual sense, through uh, this vast amount of information, and, and just to be able to have a sense of okay. That seems credible. Maybe you know, maybe I can pursue that, but also be able to look inside and say, no, no, that's not credible, and I'm not going to waste my time on that. Um, you know, and 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 that you know derives from the ability to uh, to think critically, um, but to to apply those critical thinking skills in a you know in an online context. Uh, and you know, we think whether you know whether the issue is. Uh, you know, something that is, is uh, in the news as "quote unquote" fake news, uh, or uh, you know, at, at a, perhaps a less politically charged level, simply the ability to, to, to tell good information from bad, the ability to conduct research uh, in a way that um, you know will yield uh, good results uh, and, and enable people to you know stay on the stay on the path of, of of accuracy, uh, rather than being distracted by by bad information, um, you know, we really see that as a very very important uh, component of of education in the future. And uh, you know, we think that you know, it's our schools and universities that 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 are going to need to 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 inculcate that skill. Uh, and so, you know, we've done some we've done some things here in terms of um, uh, uh, you know, we did it we did a survey. Last last spring, that 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 tried to uh, um, at least um, you know add to 
uh, add to the public uh, conversation about the the fake, uh, not just fake news, but the 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 the, the uh, digital literacy and, and and critical thinking issue. Um, and and we think that's gonna that's that that needs to be a major focus for for education uh, moving forward. No, I I think that's that's really interesting because I and I think like I, I I'm kind of at the be- well I'm 34 so like I'm kind of a millennial or almost a millennial like some of the younger yeah. millennials I'm like I don't understand but so and you're so, a lot more of a millennial than I am Kevin let me tell you <laughs> so, sometimes I, sometimes I feel like I've spent a millennium on this planet but, I... <laughs> but but I think the thing that's interesting about it is as kind of people grow up with technology it it becomes so like they almost expect it right or certain generations kind of expect that part of their learning or some of their learning or or maybe all their learning or is kind of digital in some way right because we're, we're oh yeah yeah certain people of all ranges of all age ranges are kind of glued to their devices and and i'm guilty is my if you you could ask anybody i work with i have more devices than probably most people <laughs> so like <laughs> just as guilty so, yeah. <laughs> but but i but it, it's it's interesting with somebody like you guys that are, are kind of bridging that gap a little bit between kind of you know using bringing kind of modern technology and and stuff into i i think universities and stuff because i worked at university and it was kind of building similar kind of stuff a number of years ago um, just for individual kind of uh, doctors and whatnot. And it was interesting because it it can be quite a struggle for a university, for example, to actually build this stuff internally because of all the kind of politics and and whatnot and, and a handful of other reasons where kind of outsourcing it to you guys and kind of working with them just cuts down the bureaucracy like there's almost none, right? And and there was a handful of reasons for that, at least in my experience with the university that I worked yep. at a number of years ago. So I, I think like just coming to somebody like you guys that has this framework in place and, and all these things that I can basically just drop in my content for, and I, I, it's more complicated than that, but you, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I it, think it makes a lot of sense, right? And then you guys can give uh, me kind of results and stuff around that. Yeah, I mean that's we you know we certainly think so. I mean they uh, and and but you know our model only works when um, when we're working with uh, the college or the university right. and, and and really seeking to collaborate, which which we do. I mean there are you know sometimes either one side or the other um, you know gets sort of set on this is my path and that's my way or the highway and and then that doesn't work. You know you've got to have both sides. Working with each other, you set a common goal, uh, and uh, and then you, you know, you you bring in, uh, you know, your, your your content experts and your designers, and, and and you and you work with the team, the development team at the at the college or the university, um, to produce something that everybody's happy with. Sure. Um, and um, you know, we're we're. Uh, we're committed to to doing that. That's part of our our business model is is you know collaboration uh, and and constant improvement. Um, you know we're we're always you know we're continually upgrading our courses as well. So sure. Um, uh, but always in you know always in collaboration with um, the folks who are who are doing the teaching. You know. So so that yeah that's 
you know, it's really, it's really important. And, um, I think that, um, uh, you know, what, what you were saying earlier about, you know, especially younger folks, I mean, it, there's a whole generation of you know digital natives out there, uh, you know folks who have younger folks who have you know grown up on uh, online essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know one of the interesting things that we found is that uh, in, in our in our survey, which was which was geared towards uh, which was a survey of um, recent college graduates mm-hmm. uh, and 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 some folks who were still in in school so uh, anybody over 30 didn't make the cut you know? okay sure um, and so the, these were digital digital natives millennials i guess you you, would, you could call them and um, they were obviously um, they recognized the importance of um, of critical thinking not only uh, as a as an end in itself, but also as uh, as uh, a, a critical skill in the marketplace and in, in the job market. Um, I think 64% of the folks in our survey said that critical thinking skills are very important to their current and future job prospects. At the same time, um, uh, they they did not profess a great uh, an overwhelming degree of confidence in their critical thinking skills. You know, they said uh, it's, uh, we know it's important. Um, but I think uh, only 35% of them felt that they felt very confident that they themselves had the necessary skills to discern false information uh, from web- websites. Uh, and and then and and this is something that I learned <laughs> in my years as a political pollster. You get you, get, you tend to get an, an even more uh, uh, honest answer when you ask people not about themselves but about their peers. Sure. Uh, so we asked them, well, how about how about how about the folks? Uh, how about the folks you work with? How about them? Well, they said only about twenty percent of them said that they that they thought that their colleagues or, or peers in the workplace um, had good critical thinking skills when it, when it came to online. So um, uh, now I, I should qualify that a little bit because um, uh, you know we we're taking what what a pollster would call the hard measure. There we asked people uh, how confident are you? Are you very confident? Fairly confident? Not only a little bit confident, not confident at all, and that you know that's the pollster's four-point scale, and sure. and the hard measure is just to say what percentage of people say they're very confident. Large large numbers of folks did say they thought they were fairly confident, and that's you know uh, that's a you know that's a, that's a, a pretty good measure. Yep. Um, but then to, then to sort of um, you know get another look at that, um, the survey in addition to having a lot of um, Questions in which uh, you know typical polling questions in which you're you're asking folks uh, their opinion about something. We actually had a, a, a bunch of knowledge questions uh, sprinkled throughout the, the course of the survey. Questions about uh, you know online practices and, and critical thinking, etc. In which there really were uh, verifiable right and wrong answers. Okay. Uh, we had nine of those questions th- throughout the course of the survey, um, and. Uh, what was interesting is uh, it, the results of those of those uh, knowledge questions were sort of consistent with the earlier observation that uh, maybe people were right when they said that they weren't all that confident about their critical thinking skills. We had um, uh, of the of the of these nine questions, forty four percent of the respondents to the survey got five or fewer of those knowledge questions correct. 
So that's uh, you know that's uh, you know five out of five out of five out of nine is only fifty five percent. You know and that's that's not a passing grade any school I ever went to. You know, <laughs> sure, yeah. um, uh, only eight percent got all nine correct, and only twenty four percent got eight or nine correct. So, um, and they and you know we we were not we were not asking people to recite the Magna Carta or 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 explain you know relativity either. I mean these were. These were fairly basic um, uh, questions about uh, online practice and critical thinking. So, um, so those results were sort of consistent with the idea that that um, critical thinking skills are, are something that uh, probably need people need to focus on more sure. uh, and, and and try and try and try and bring their skill level up. Um, at the same time, you know, uh, someone. You know, when we when we first started talking about these results, some people asked, "So, so what is it about millennials? You know, why can't they do this?" And I said, "Well, we're not we're not singling out millennials here. <laughs> that that happened to be the audience that we looked at in this survey because you know we we wanted to to look at recent college graduates because the teaching of critical thinking uh, uh, in an online context is only something that we've seen in the last few years. Sure, uh, but." But if we had asked these same questions of people, I don't know, my age, uh, or people in their 40s or 50s, uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, there's no reason to think that that those age cohorts would do any better than the millennials. I think, uh, you know, our sense is that this is a uh, uh, um, a, an issue that that folks uh, at every point along the age spectrum need to think about, need to address. I think it's probably a, a, a bit more urgent for younger folks just coming out into the workplace because so much of their uh, work uh, is is going to be online, and, and long, the longer they're in the marketplace, as as uh, as everything shifts into the online environment, you know, uh, it's you know it's younger people who are going to be uh, continually confronted with more and more and more information, more and more online content. So sure. it's it's. Probably more, probably more urgent that that they develop these skills rather than an old fossil like myself who can just always ask his son to figure stuff out for him. You know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I've got a 13 year old; he's really sure. smart. So, uh, <laughs> but, I got you. Um, but 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 really, and we're we're not picking on millennials at all. There's no, there's absolutely nothing either in our research or or, or that we could think of in any other way uh, to suggest that uh, that. Uh, you know, millennials face some sort of unique critical thinking deficit. No, of course not. It's just they happen to be the ones we ask the questions of. Sure. Our our guess is that if we ask these same questions of people who are older, we would get probably probably pretty similar answers. Sure. So, are you guys planning on doing other kind of surveys that generate kind of interesting results? Well, we're 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 going to do this uh, the online critical thinking survey. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do that every year. Okay. Uh, we're going to do it in the springtime every year, uh, and then we'll be able to, um, you know, compare results um, uh, from year to year uh, to get, you know, to develop trends, trend lines, uh, and see um, with luck, you know, things will be trending up. And, and sure. The, um, the, uh, but um, uh, and then I mean, we 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 do we, we're going to be doing a couple surveys in in other areas that aren't that aren't related to this. Um, but, um, uh, I, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, um, we're probably doing surveys because I, I used to do surveys and then they, <laughs> and that's, um, that's sort of a value added that I bring here. But, um, 
but it, uh, we're, we are definitely going to continue this, and we're going to make this an annual um, survey of, of critical thinking skills. Uh, and, you know, I think, uh, as I said, we hope that, that the results are going to be positive, but... Um, uh, but one way or another, I think I think it's going It'll it'll be interesting. Uh, it's an area that I think you know it's really important. Sure. Uh, and and it, it and it is something that I think people are starting uh, to pay more and more attention to. So, um, uh, you know, we think that, that that there'll be more and more people who are interested in in seeing the results of the survey as it proceeds from year to year. No, I 100% agree. But sadly, Frank, we're we're coming to the end of the show. So okay. maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and uh, MindEdge and where they can find the survey results and dive a little bit deeper. Sure. Um, and, and that's and we are, in fact, we, we, we call this uh, uh, this is our Dig Deeper initiative. Um, okay. And there, there are a couple things. Uh, the um, the survey results are available on our on our website, which is www.mindedge.com. Um, uh, I also um, I, I don't have anywhere near your listenership, Kevin, but I, I uh, host an occasional podcast nice. on issues re- related to this, um, uh, and that's uh, you, you, we're on SoundCloud, we're on uh, iPods, the Dig Deeper Critical Thinking in the Digital Age. Podcast, uh, nice. and um, uh, and um, there is, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that it is, and I should, I should know this. Um, uh, I know that for a while, at least, we were offering a um, a free mini course uh, okay. on critical thinking, um, and I'm not sure if that's if that is still up or not. But if it is, it it it, it will be accessible. Uh, on the Mind Edge um, uh, web, the corporate website. You, you do have a dig deeper critical thinking in the digital age and on the button it says see survey results and sign up for free course. So I'm, I'm assuming it's still yep. out there. So people can check that out. So, so it's still open. The site. Yeah. Yep. Now you know, you, know, you know better than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, well, Frank, um, I really appreciate you taking the time and your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. And you too, Kevin. I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun, and and you're you're a great guy and a great host. And um, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, man. All right, take we'll, care. We'll talk soon. Right. Okay, bye. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.